Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hopper Wrightsource here, talking not-for-profits in the great outdoors. I had a, um, a phone call the other day from... Uh, I've actually had a couple of discussions on this in terms of um, people asking for help with boards that are performing poorly. And it's a very interesting question. So first of all, what what is a poor performing board? It's actually not a simple... It sounds simple, but it's not actually simple to define, as I found out as I was preparing for this video. So let's go through, what is a poor performing board? So and how can you judge that? Now, directors who make up the board um, and, or part of the management committee if you're in an association, their responsibility is to act in the best interest of the organization. That's, that's their, that is their legislative responsibility as a director that they need to act in the best interest of the organization. Now, that is to a degree subjective. There isn't a hard and fast rule on what that looks like. It is situational and it depends on the directors, the organization, it depends on a lot of things. So it is subjective. The other thing that makes it hard to judge whether a board is performing well is that directors and boards don't need to share their machinations on, on their decision-making, on how they're going about stuff. They don't need to share that. That's quite confidential. So to know how they're performing, how they're thinking of things, wh what they've done, um, isn't necessarily something that is obvious or easily easily seen or easily talked about. So that makes it hard. And, and I suppose the last thing from a, a board perspective, if there are problems with an organization or how they're functioning, these things often take a long time to fix. They're not like, oh, we just need to, you just need to do it and get it done and it's done tomorrow. And I suppose that's where I might walk through a couple of examples of what people have said to me or what I've seen personally in terms of poor performing boards and then what that might look like. So one of the obvious ones is the relationship with the CEO. So quite often, quite often, more often than you think, boards and CEOs don't always get along. And all the relationship might not be as constructive as you might want it to be. Now, at what point does having a poor relationship there become the responsibility of the board or let's say it causes the board to be performing poorly? It's hard to judge. Um, and also, once a board recognizes there's an issue, fixing that relationship can take time. So there might be a poor relationship between the CEO and the board, but they might be working on it. They might be having you know, discussions, bringing people in help. So these things take time. The other area, another example is where an organization's got a, a poor culture and the culture starts at the board, absolutely starts from that point. So if the organization's culture is poor, well, that's an issue the board has to deal with. Now, changing culture, again, isn't something that can happen very quickly. Quite often, it's a, it's a, it's a process that takes years to change. So to say a board is performing poorly because there's a poor culture, it's hard to say that because you don't know what's going on. Again, other, other areas where the boards are brought into question are, are boards too operational or they're not operational enough. Do they not know what's going on operationally? The level of involvement of a board in the operations, again, 
can really depend on the size of the not-for-profit because quite often smaller not-for-profits, the boards have to be more operational as they get larger, less so. But then if there's a crisis, boards do have to get operational. So again, it's situational. Sometimes boards will get stuck operationally and it'll take them a little while to become strategic again. So that time in terms of a board moving from operational strategic or, or maybe moving too strategic and not knowing what's going on, again, that takes time, it takes iteration, it takes feedback. So hard, it, it's hard to be definitive with these things. Some other examples um, is where a chair is running the board, so the board's relatively um, subservient to a very strong chair. Or sometimes the CEO is running the board in terms of the CEO is very strong, maybe a founder, and the board is it follows their lead. Again, that's not great governance. doesn't mean the board necessarily is performing poorly in terms of the objects of the organization. Um, it could probably be better, absolutely, but maybe not poorly. Um, and then other things that you'll see is like a board might not have a clear strategy or a board might not be um, being clear on what it's asking for. These things, again, it's definitely areas for improvement should the board be um, removed because of these things, possibly not. So they're hard. When you start getting into a board that is breaching legislation or you think a board is not performing or acting legally or a board is not acting for the purpose of the not-for-profit is set up for, then you're starting to get into areas where there is clear, clearer guidance on this and also quite often a um, legislative body or that will actually come in and look at these things if a complaint is made. So when you look at what is a poor performing board, honestly, it's really those that are close to that um, line of not operating in a legal manner or in line with the regulatory framework that's been provided. That's where a poor board is. The rest of it is really a board that needs improvement. And that's, I suppose, the way that I look at it is that you can always, everyone deserves a second chance and you always deserve the ability to, the opportunity to improve. Um, and that's, I suppose, what we work with a lot of the time. The other thing in terms of judging whether a board is performing poorly often also depends on your point of view. So if you're an employee in a culture that is toxic, absolutely, you'd be incredibly frustrated with the board and you would see it as their, their issue and their poor performance that has led to the situation. Similarly, if there's a CEO that's not operating well for the organization, that's the board's responsibility and you know, that should be something that's dealt with. The timeliness of it, are they dealing with it? I know to remove uh, a CEO that is underperforming when it becomes a removal process takes time to do properly and legally and in the best interests of all parties. And sometimes as an employee, you may not see that, but you shouldn't see that process. And it can take three, six months. It can take a long time. Um, meanwhile, you're still there as an employee feeling the, the pain of it. Another point of view from a customer point of view, like is that enough profit deal delivering the services and in a way that it should be dealing is a different, you know, you'll have a different point of view whether the board's performing well. Um, from a funder point of view, often you're looking for transparency and the funds are being used effectively. Well, that could be happening whilst there's a poor culture. So, again, funders may have a view of a board that they're a good performing board, whereas an employee may not. So, again, your points of view are different. Members may have another point of view in terms of why the organization was set up. 
ultimately the board is accountable to members. So, you know, they their point of view is also very important and often more linked to the purpose of the organization. So looking at whether a board is performing poorly is a very subjective me measure and I suppose should be done carefully. But there are definitely some things you can do if you think your board is performing poorly. Now, the first thing I would do is reach out to the board, talk to them. They may not be aware there's an issue, especially like, um, like a poor culture or CEOs performing poorly or where the strategy is not clear to an organization. Like, ask the question. I think that's sometimes the most important thing that if the board isn't aware first, they can be made aware. If they are aware, they can let you know that they're aware and potentially that something's being done about it, even if they can't share the details. It also allows the opportunity for the board to get external support if they need support in, in managing some of these issues, which they may not have been aware of to start with. And seeing that external support may also help provide some comfort that action's being taken. The next thing you could do if you don't feel that the board's listened or you don't feel you can communicate with the board is seek some support. Now, there's definitely you know, other organizations uh, that would be able to help um, give you information on what you might be able to do, but also may also be able to communicate with the board. So whether that be um, an organization like RightSource, where we deal with a lot of different boards and we do have discussions with people on how they can help their board improve or how they can communicate with the board on an issue. Um, likewise, there are other organizations out there that do that. The next thing I suppose that you can do, and this is that then starts to get into a more of an impact potentially on the not-for-profit as well, is this is where the whistleblower legislation is important. So if you think that a board is actually breaching law, um, so workplace health and safety or doing activities that are illegal, then um, the ability to make a complaint as a whistleblower, if you uh, have um, evidence or have strong suspicions, that is there to help protect you. Now, often there's a whistleblower process you can go with the organization, which will help, again, give the organization the opportunity to fix it themselves. But also you are able to go to the regulators if you have that concern. So that, that's one way. Obviously, you want to give the not-for-profit, in my view, as much opportunity to fix that issue themselves because it helps limit the damage. As soon as you go public, yes, you'll potentially have more chance of fixing the issue, but you may also do more damage to the not-for-profit. It's a hard balance. The other option you've got is to start to talk to members. Now, this may or may not be an option, depending on the level of engagement of members and um, what ability they have to change the board under the governing document. So we've definitely been involved in situations, especially in associations, where members have removed the entire board and put a new board in. Um, again, it starts. It should start with the consultative process, but sometimes it doesn't, and it can have quite an impact on an organisation to lose its whole board and then have to rebuild. So that can take a bit of time. And so that's probably, in terms of a nutshell, what you can do about or what what is a poor performing board and some thoughts about that, as well as what can you do to help assist that board in terms of making sure your not-for-profit continues to perform well and serve the purpose that it was set up for. I really hope you found that video um, useful. It's a bit, um, no clear answers, but I suppose a bit of guidance and a bit of thought. Um, if you enjoyed the video, we've def definitely got some other videos on not-for-profit and governance on our YouTube channel and some on our website too. 
Um, otherwise, I uh, appreciate your time in watching today. Uh, thank you again for your time. It's been Justin Hulk from Writesource. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from Wrightsource.